Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. One night, a house caught fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms, calling to his son. He said, jump, I'll catch you. And he knew the boy had to jump to save his life. But all the boy could see was flames and smoke and blackness. And as can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. But his father kept yelling, jump, I'll catch you. But the young boy said, Daddy, I can't see you. And the father replied, but I can see you. And that's all that matters. You know, sometimes it's difficult to do something for God when we can't see the results, right? Sometimes it's easier to just have faith and not follow God's instructions with what He asks you to do. And today, we're going to see that it might not be easy to mix our faith with action steps, but it is so important. We're going to be in James chapter 2. If you can open your Bibles to there, we'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. And uh, we started a verse-by-verse series last week in the book of James, Um, and we're going to continue that today. So again, Bibles are in the seat backs ahead of you, and go ahead and turn there. Um, Last week, we discussed the importance of choosing joy in the midst of trials, Uh, and that hit me kind of hard, because maybe it hit you hard too, I'm sorry if it did, but because it's really not easy to have joy in the midst of trials, and everyone said amen, right? We know, we get that. Um, It's also important that we recognize that if you find yourself to be a reactor when different situations arise, and as Scripture said last week, if you can't control your tongue or, you, or your actions, then you might need to do some reassessing because James says that our religion is worthless if we can't control our emotions, actions, our tongue. It specifically talks about uh, controlling your tongue. It's important to stay in the Bible and in prayer so that we can know how to act. And James says that, James says that when we... Look at the Word of God. We should not just be hearers of the Word of God, but we should be doers of the Word of God. So that's really what we talked about last week in our, in our first jump into the Word. You know, as we get into the Word and we decide to be doers of the Word and we read it, then our actions will follow in the footsteps of Jesus because we'll be in line with Him. Now, this doesn't make us perfect, and I think we can all agree. It's not going to make us perfect, but it does put us on the right path to being more like Jesus. So every week I'll be reading the chapter that we're discussing. So let's go ahead and read James chapter 2, and then we'll take a look at what God is speaking to us today. James chapter 2. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place... While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the riches, are not the rich, the the ones you oppress, who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you were called? If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. 
But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Dear Lord, would you reveal the truth of your word to us? And dear Lord, would you speak to our hearts? I know that I'm going to be speaking about what we just read in a few moments, but Lord, would you do your miraculous work of speaking to everyone in this room, including myself, the truth of your word, by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that only you can do. God, our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you to understand this word from James chapter 2. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, James chapter 2, 5 is the first focus verse we're going to take a look at. It's right here on the screen. It says, listen, my beloved brothers, has, God, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom? which he has promised to those who love him. Point number one is treat everyone well. Okay, I think that's kind of the first idea here. Treat everyone well. James is telling these folks that have treated poor people bad and rich people good that it's not right to choose favorites. In fact, not only is it wrong to treat one group of people better than another, but God even talks about how he has chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of his kingdom. Basically, if you're either financially poor or spiritually poor, God wants you. God has a special place in his heart for those who have nothing. And do you know why? Because those who have nothing know what it truly means to rely on God. Those who are financially poor do not have their fancy car, their fancy house, their fancy clothes to give them security in life. And those who are poor are just trying to figure out where to lay their head at night, maybe. And every night they have a warm place to sleep and a coat to wear. It's actually a good day because they recognize that those things are a blessing from God on high. So for the poor and who are relying on God for everything they have, God sees that the rich are treating the poor so badly. And God has seen the prayers 
of the poor. James 2, 8 through 9 says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. It's like the golden rule that we all learned in elementary school. Treat others as you would like to be treated. Okay? We should love our neighbors as ourselves. And now that sounds funny because who would think about the idea of loving themselves? But it's worth looking at. Let's use a different word. Value others as you would value yourself. Okay, you don't go around saying, hey, I love me. No. Okay, it's a little, little different. Let's talk about the idea of valuing yourself and valuing others in that same way. Now we're talking. Okay, so if you want to eat, you eat. If you want to drive, you drive. Okay, if you want to spend money, you spend money. And of course, within, the reason, within reason and according to your budget. So if you're loving your neighbor as yourself, you'll see that they need to eat and you'll feed them. You'll see that they need to ride somewhere, so you'll give them a lift if they need it. And when we say neighbor, I'm not talking about the person next door to you. Okay, if you're, in, if you're living in the country and you're thinking you're off the hook and you don't have anyone that lives even two miles away from you, you're not off the hook. I'm talking about everyone that you come in contact with, everyone that maybe you don't even know. God is calling us to love our neighbor as ourselves, love other people as you love yourself. Love other people as you love yourself. And we have to recognize that James said, if you are truly loving your neighbor as yourself, you are doing as God commanded. But when you show partiality to one or another, you are committing sin. Wow, that's harsh, James. Thanks for that. But this makes me think, am I truly loving my neighbor? Are you truly loving your neighbor? In the words of Jesus, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay. James 2, 15 through 17 says this. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Point number two. Faith and works coincide. Faith and works coincide. They go together. So... Now we get into the works along with the faith situation. Now, don't confuse these things. Good works doesn't get you into heaven. Faith in Jesus Christ gets you into heaven. And when you have true faith in Jesus Christ, you have good works that follow, and those good works that follow are birthed out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. You don't have to force these good works because you feel like you're trying to fulfill a quota of good works. You do good works, and you do these good things, and they're in your heart to do as God lays them on your heart. I don't have a good works chart on my bedroom wall, okay? My wife and I don't lay in bed at night and talk about the good works that we've done. Good works aren't counted for credit. But what we'll see in a moment is that your faith is counted to you as righteousness. Faith equals righteousness. But I believe as James is writing here, he's extending his thought from earlier in the chapter. He's talking about not treating the rich better than the poor. And then he extends this thought. He extends this thought because he goes on to talking about faith and works. He says, you see poor people among you, go and help. Be there for them. Do what you can. And then he goes on to say that if you see someone in need, don't just tell them to go in peace and be fine. And oh, I might add as well, don't just pray for them. God, would you meet their need? Bless you, brother. See you later. No, don't just pray for them. Sometimes God puts people in our path and he wants to use us to be an answer to their prayer. 
God wants to use us to be an answer to their prayer. So, my friend, you can have faith, and that's really important, but if you don't have works that back that up, your faith is dead. Now, that might sound harsh, but it's the truth of God's word. That's what James 2.17 says. Listen to God's voice and do what he asks you to do, and you will find that it's much better for you. And you will not believe the doors that God will open for you. James 2.21-23. James 2, 21 to 23 says this. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness and he was called a friend of God. Point number three is Abraham's faith and works. To save time this morning, I'm going to give you a recap of the story of Abraham and what he did, and what is being referenced here. But I do encourage you to read it on your own out of Genesis 22. If you're taking notes and you want to read it later, Genesis chapter 22. Now, God tells Abraham to go with his son Isaac. And God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac in a burnt offering to the Lord. Yes, this sounds odd, but this was God's instruction. And so Abraham went with his son. Now, when they were on their way, Isaac asked where the sacrificial lamb was that they would be sacrificing. And Abraham said that God would provide one. And when they got to the altar, Abraham bound up his son and placed him on the altar. And as Abraham grabbed the knife to sacrifice his son, an angel of the Lord stopped him and said that God sees that Abraham will follow every instruction that God gives him. And he told Abraham not to kill his son. And Abraham then saw a ram caught in a thicket and God provided the sacrifice. So he took care of it. Abraham did not kill his son Isaac. Now, I can't imagine what Abraham went through as he considered all that he was about to do. It sounds messed up, this whole story. But he proved faithful to God and God provided the sacrifice. And I surely can't imagine the conversation that him and his son had on the way home. But if we simply look at the fact that God instructed him to do something as absolutely outrageous as sacrificing his son, but he was willing to do it, this shows us that he trusted God. He had faith in God, but he also did the works portion of this as well. The works portion was that he was obedient to doing what God asked him to do. He went with his son and bound him up and put him on the altar. He was going forward with what God asked him to do. James 2.26 says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Point number four, faith without works is dead. So this is what we so often mix up in our minds as Christians today. We often just want to go to church in our nice clothes, drive in our nice car, and go to the nice restaurant, and go to our nice house, and take a nice Sunday nap. Okay. And you know me. If you know me enough, you know that my heart it is, is in the way of God is not disappointed with wealth. God's not looking down on you in a bad way if you are wealthy. That's not what this is about. This is about the heart issue. If you have lots of money, that's fine. That's not the idea. We're not saying don't have money. We're not saying sell all you have. That's not the idea here. That's also not the idea as the whole word of God is, is laid out. You don't find that God's saying, you know, sell all you have and forget your wealth. No. But what he is saying is don't trust in that as your livelihood. Don't trust in that and don't let that be your God. But let God be your God. Above all else, let God be your God. So when I say this, please don't hear that I'm saying you shouldn't have money. 
just hear that it's about your heart and about the placement of your heart. But we often want all these nice things. We often want all these nice things, the nice house, the nice this and that and whatever. And all these things, are, are they bad? No. But if you find yourself in a mindless rhythm of life, in just doing church <clears throat> and all the things that church people do, you're doing what James is talking about and your faith is dead. What we need, church, is a spiritual awakening that will drive us to our knees in prayer and raise us up from our knees as soldiers of Jesus Christ to go out and tell other people about Jesus in this broken and dying world. Do you believe that? We need to be taking the Great Commission seriously and going out into all the world and making disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is how we're going to have faith that is alive and well and effective. But if you just choose to have faith in God without being willing to be obedient to hear what he says, your faith is dead. It's worthless. <clears throat> because your obedience has so much to do in your walk with God. And when you have faith, it is counted to you as righteousness. Your works don't give you righteousness. Your faith gets counted as righteousness, just as we saw in Abraham. But those of us that are involved, uh, those of, uh, of us that are involved in this idea of, of faith and works truly recognize that it's about both. It's about both. You mix both of them together. In just a moment, we're going to be doing water baptism. So if you are involved in our water baptism part of our service, please get prepared to, to do that. And Kendra, if you can come forward to the piano as well. You know, there's many stories in the Bible that affirm the fact that faith in God or faith in Christ in the New Testament is what lends itself to leading to good works. Okay, when you have faith in Christ, you're in the Bible, you're reading it, you're praying, you're growing to know Jesus more. And if you're doing these things, then your works will follow. If you're praying, you're reading the word, you're growing in your walk with God. If you're doing these things, then your works will follow. In fact, when you're really living by faith, you won't have to convince yourself that works need to be done or that you should do good works because they'll flow out of you. They're going to come out of you. And so just assess yourself. If you don't want to do good works for people or you don't want to be obedient to God's word or if you haven't followed Jesus' command in following the Great Commission, then maybe you need to reassess your faith. Maybe you're just a Western American Christian that likes to come to church on Sundays because you like good music from Kendra and you like the nice greeters at the door. Maybe you talk about your Christianity too much and you need to do more living it. This is what James is talking about here. That's a harsh word, I know. But faith without the fruit of your works, so to speak, is dead. And I don't want dead faith. Today, I want to pray for everyone in here to truly have confidence in your faith and move forward in obedience in the works that God might be putting on your heart to do. Let's respond to what God is speaking to us today. We talked about having faith in works today, and that starts with a relationship with Jesus. And maybe you've come to church today, and you would admit to yourself that you need Jesus in your life, and you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Savior. I accepted Christ into my heart, and I'm so grateful that I did, and I would never go back. Never. So what about you? Colossians 2, 13 through 14 says, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, 
nailing to the cross. All of us were dead in sin. All of us. And if you haven't accepted Christ, then you are dead in sin. But God sent his son Jesus to forgive us our sins. He died for us on the cross. And now we can have relationship with him and live a life free of sin. This morning, would you bow your head and close your eyes and reflect on your spiritual state right now? Where are you at? God's saying, where are you at? What's going on in your heart? Let's bow our head and close our eyes today as we truly reflect on what God's speaking to us. God, move. Holy Spirit, speak to us right now. Today, if you'd like to accept Jesus into your heart, either for the first time or as a recommitment, I just invite you to put your hand in the air and then put it back down. If this is a decision that you want to make for yourself today, that maybe you've never made on your own, or maybe it's a recommitting of your life to Jesus because you know that you have not been living for him, but you once were, just put your hand in the air and put it right back down, and we're going to pray a prayer today to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. Would everyone in the room repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask that you forgive me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died for me, and I believe you rose from the dead. Help me to turn from my sin and live for you for the rest of my days and into eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, if you've made that decision, don't leave without talking to me or someone else. But additionally, if you've made that decision, we believe the next step in your relationship with Jesus, even if you've just made that decision, is baptism in water. And so today, we're having a baptismal service, and if you've accepted Christ and you've not been baptized, we invite you to come forward right now, and you have an opportunity to be baptized in water. We have two that are being baptized today. We're going to prepare right now. So if you can just hold on a quick moment. Kendra's going to sing a, a chorus and uh, we're going to get into the baptismal portion of our service, all right? Let me pray for you today. Dear God, we just pray that you would bless the rest of our day as we go, and I pray that we would continue in this attitude of celebration today, yes, celebrating newness of life in Jesus Christ. You, Jesus. pray that you bless our day as we go in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great Sunday. He is good. Amen. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.